This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and Merry Christmas. Welcome to Smart TV with me, Kellyanne Taylor, and our usual host, the wonderful David Butcher. Hello, hello. This episode is a time to reflect on the best of 2022. Me and David are going to be picking out all of the shows that are available now that have come out this year. So that's everything from quirky comedies to brilliant dramas to those golden nuggets on streaming services. So while you're bunkered down under the blanket enjoying a well-deserved Christmas break, you can find anything and everything that you might have missed this year on TV. There's always stuff that passes you by for whatever reason or you just never get round to watching it and Christmas there's often times at Christmas when maybe you're in a bit of a haze after another big family meal or whatever or you're in that period between Christmas and New Year where there's not a lot to do and you look at the schedules and you think there's nothing much on tonight it's a great time to catch up with the really good stuff that you should have seen earlier in the year and so we're just going to pick out our favourites I've got a load of stuff that I think if you haven't seen you're missing out and that most people will really love and most of it is on iPlayer or terrestrial streaming services. So that's really good. So they're all there available and you don't need to pay a penny. Well, that's the idea. A lot of these kind of end of year lists tend to rave about the stuff that's on stream. You know, they'll talk about Moon Knight or or Hacks or whatever. And not saying those kind of shows aren't great shows. There's lots of them about. But if you don't happen to have that service, then it's no use to you. Hopefully, pretty much everything. Well, a lot of the stuff we're talking about here, a lot of it's on iPlayer or it's on 4OD or ITVX, uh, and so it's stuff that anyone can get at. David, obviously over Christmas, it's a time where we might want to be feeling jolly. We want to lean into the comedy genre. Tell me, what should I be watching over Christmas? It is the season to be jolly. Yes, quite. (laughs) So I kind of thought also these end-of-year things often focus a lot on dramas, and we will be doing some dramas later. I started looking into this and realised how many really great comedies that have been this year on the BBC. I I wouldn't say that every year. I think some years are a bit of a comedy wasteland. But I'm going to rattle through comedies that have a really, they've got a really strong flavour, so maybe they won't be for everyone, but if you like them, you'll love them. First one, a few of them kind of went under the radar, but it was a thing called Here We Go, and it was a kind of family comedy with Catherine Parkinson and Jim Howick, Jim Howick from Ghosts and Horrible Histories and so on. It's just about a chaotic family And the gimmick is that everything is as if it's being filmed by the teenage kid in the family with his video camera. And so it captures how things go wrong. It captures them when they're on a nightmare car journey or whatever. It's written by a guy called Tom Basden, who was actually in Afterlife. He played the newspaper editor. uh, And he's in this as well as writing it. They had a pilot and then a big gap and then they did the whole series. Anyway, it's all on iPlayer and it's a joy. 
So that's my first quirky comedy. Second one is Avoidance, which did reach a big audience. This was the thing with Ramesh Ranganathan playing this very feeble dad who can never quite face up to reality and he has a young kid and he's split up with his partner. It's, for me, Lord knows, Ramesh Ranganathan has done a lot this year and I think this was the best thing he did. It's an out-and-out sitcom. He's just, he's acting in it. I think he co-wrote it. And it's, it is kind of about, I mean, avoidance is a sort of psychological concept and it is about the way we all do that sometimes we all have kind of wishful thinking about stuff but it takes it to a wonderful extreme again that's on iPlayer probably enough people have told you to watch The Outlaws and if you haven't by now maybe you're not going to but it's Stephen Merchant's comedy thriller set in Bristol about a gang of people doing community service who then get wrapped up in kind of organized crime it's a beautiful thing they shot both series during the pandemic and then they were shown in two different batches and it's got Christopher Walken in a load of Larry shirts it's wonderful another show that kind of went under the radar a bit and kind of sat without trace is a thing called Cheaters which is about 20-somethings who are cheating on their partners it's about infidelity and it was a very odd thing it's it's 10-minute episodes uh, and they did that curious thing, the schedulers, where you've got something that you've shot in 10 minutes episode, but they show three at a time. So why didn't they just shoot it as a half hour anyway? That was beautifully done, nicely observed, quite kind of left field, great performances. Really recommend that. Another thing that probably more people will have heard of, Am I Being Unreasonable? The Daisy Mae Cooper thing. Nicely unpredictable comedy drama. I'm just going to keep rattling through these. Have you seen any of these, Kellyanne? Are you kind of... I saw Avoidance and I it did make me think back to our one to miss in last week's episode, which was Ranganathan's most recent Christmas thing. So I'd say for those people who might be planning to watch that, the romantic getaway, I'd go back and, and instantly change it. And watch Avoidance, watch avoidance instead. Yeah, avoid no, romantic getaway yeah, and watch call. Avoidance. Um, and The Outlaws as well. I saw that and I thought that was brilliant. Very funny, very nicely shot as well, actually. And it has some warmth to it. It has... So you feel its heart is in the right place. It's mm. not just about the laughs. It's all, also about, you know, the characters are growing and learning and all that kind of thing. Have you ever seen Stephen Merchant's comedy? I think it was called Hello Ladies. No, I haven't seen that. That. I, I'm is sure that stand up some... or is that a. No, it's, um, it's a sitcom and it is wonderful. So oh, I think I, he made that when he was in America, didn't he? Yeah, and it was, yeah, it was when I was at school. So probably about 10 years ago. That's terrifying. Um, <laughs> So I would highly recommend that if you're if you're looking for something after the outlaws, I'd go back and that will be on some streaming service somewhere. Okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna carry on rattling because there's a few there's there's more of them I've got here. I mean there's uh, a lovely crazy sitcom called The Other One about Chunti's half sisters about women as a sort of support group for each other in the face of unimpressive men. I thought actually another brilliant sort of female-focused sitcom was Starstruck, the second series of that Rose Matafeo's thing about... It's a rom-com, yeah. really, about a woman who finds herself in a relationship with a, a big movie star. That's wonderful. You love that, I think, as yeah, well. And yeah, and that was a really good premise. I think, unfortunately, since we had that real wave of wonderful rom-coms, and I'm talking mainly films here, you know, Notting Hill, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Bridget Jones. I don't think we get rom-coms made like that anymore. And that was like a real sparkly kind of throwback to that real era of wonderful, the golden age of rom-coms, let's call it. Yeah, although Lord knows it has plenty of the kind of awkwardness and difficulty of a new relationship yeah. as well, doesn't it? Yeah, It doesn't shy away from that for sure. 
So that was great. That's uh, Starstruck. All of these are on iPlayer. Also, it's not a sitcom, but it's very funny. It's called Kunk on Earth. It's Philomena Kunk, the sort of idiot presenter played by Diane Morgan, who does this wonderful spoof history series, like across the whole sweep of history. And it's Charlie Brooker's one of the writers. It's got loads of other good writers on it. I think it's the best thing that Philomena Kunk has done so far. I think it's wonderful. And finally, it's not a spoof documentary, but it is a comedy documentary, which isn't something you get very often. How To with John Wilson, which was kind of shown late at night on BBC Two. That's all on iPlayer. There's two series of it. It's really left field thing where this documentary maker looks at life in New York City and peers into these kind of very bizarre subcultures. It's very trippy and peculiar and like no other documentary you've seen, but also very funny. So that's How To with John Wilson. I'd say any of those that I've rattled through there, if you find yourself just needing a bit of light relief, you could get really into any of them and they could very much warm up the bleak midwinter a bit. Something that will maybe make you feel a little bit bleak over this midwinter is This Is Going To Hurt, which is, I would say, one of the best things I've seen on TV ever, like David's top 20 with Happy Valley. This is up there in my top 10, I'm going to argue. So it is Ben Whishaw playing the leading role. He's a doctor in an obs and gynae department, and he has a junior called Shruti, who's played fantastically by Amber Kamod, who is struggling with the pace and the overworking of the NHS. And it is a really, really poignant, stunning drama it's really powerful, but it's also very funny, isn't it? That's what it's I loved really about it. It wasn't, funny. and it, it, I thought it was amazing that Adam Kay, who wrote the memoir that mm. was incredibly successful, that was based on, and I think it's one of the first things he's written for television. He went straight mm. in and created this thing, which is, I mean, it's constantly breaking the fourth wall. So Ben Whishaw's character will turn to camera and make some kind of dry quip about what's just gone on. Yeah, in a kind of flea bag. Yeah, I was going to say, I think this is the first time I've seen it on TV work as well as it did in Fleabag. Yeah, it was very funny, but it was also, in the end, the way it it became increasingly moving and tragic as it went on. And yeah, it is quite bleak. The picture it paints of the NHS is is awful. But I kind of think probably realistic. I mean, he knows what he's writing about, doesn't he, Adam Kay? Yeah, let's not shy away from it. And I would actually say the only thing that I've seen that depicts medical life that well I think his cardiac arrest which was the Jed Mercurio yonks and yonks ago yeah well I think bodies that he did later uh, that, that was that was in a, in a similar vein wasn't it but yeah this feels like the first thing that's done it that well yeah for a and while. really captured what's what the bloody hell is going on yeah no it's wonderful wonderful show so that's all on iPlayer in fact all, all these things we're going to talk about you can just find the whole box out on iPlayer and lose yourself in it so the other I mean I think up there with the great dramas of the year was Sherwood which was written by James Graham, the the playwright. And it was about, I mean, it had David Morrissey and actually a whole cast full of brilliant actors once you start name-checking them. And the story was about the long shadow cast by the 1980s minor strike in Nottinghamshire. And Nottinghamshire, it really creates a sense of place in Nottinghamshire, which is where James Graham comes from. And it's not somewhere that you often see portrayed in TV dramas. But it wove this extraordinary story about how the present and the past collide. At the heart of it, there was a sort of murder story. It was kind of a serial killer drama at one level, but there are loads of other levels to it too. And I would say, if you didn't see Sherwood this year, in terms of a drama about Britain, 
because a lot of the drama, a lot of the best dramas around inevitably are either genre things or they're American or they're fantasy or they're sci-fi or whatever. This is just a story about how people live in Britain today and the way the past bears on them. Just one, I could talk about it all day. Anyway, Sherwood is all on iPlayer. If you missed it, you got a treat in store. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. I'd say exactly the same about The Responder, which was the Martin Freeman show where he played a burnt-out Liverpool cop. Incredibly, that was written by a a first-time TV writer as well. Beautifully written. Freeman was wonderful, very dark, very funny, and as, as impactful as anything I've seen this year. I'm going to mention now one that I know you loved as well, the English. Why don't you kick us off on why you like the English? This is the Western on BBC yeah. Two. So it was stunning. I mean, I watched it completely by chance. I'd seen a lot of it in the magazine. I knew we were running features on it. I knew it had Emily Blunt as the female lead. And I mean, Emily Blunt, who doesn't do a lot of telly. She's not, yeah, she's, she's not she's a, a TV person. She's a Hollywood movie star. You know. And so I was like, how have they landed her on BBC Two? So Emily Blunt plays this English aristocrat called Cornelia Locke, and she goes out to America, which, when's it set, David? So there's a couple of time frames in it. Broadly, I think it's late 19th century. And she goes on this quest to find a man, and we don't know who he is, who she believes is responsible for the death of her child. And she meets really early on a Pawnee soldier who used to be a part of the American army called Eli Whip. And it is effectively this beautiful, really quite dangerous story of friendship and romance and finding yourself and vengeance and it's about it is about but it's a quest isn't it what's it weird is. about it is it's sort of a classic quest story in a way but we keep on going on what feel like enormous detour so we yeah. we really care about whether Cornelia is going to find this guy who she wants to take her revenge but on. you won't find out until the end but you don't find and in the meantime we go on all these kind of what feel like subplots bubble yeah. up and we meet suddenly the whole new bunch of characters and so on. The guy who wrote and directed it, Hugo Blick, that's kind of what he does. He goes off on tangents like that. But every character that you meet feels so fully formed. Yeah. And he's not afraid to baffle us, is he? You have scenes yeah. where you think, I, I'm not entirely sure what you happened think you've there. something. But it feels really intense. Mm. Uh, and you have to go away and puzzle it. And later you work, oh, okay, that's what was going on. And it doesn't insult your intelligence at all. It expects you to work quite hard sometimes yeah. as a viewer, I think. But I, I loved it. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's all shot in Spain. Yeah. Uh, standing in for sort of Wyoming and Tennessee and places. It looks like something you should be watching on the big screen. Yeah, it would have been great on the big screen, actually, wouldn't it? But, it is a movie that takes place over six hours, effectively. Yeah, no, it does feel like that. Except a movie, what I like about it, in a movie, you'd have had a very clear kind of storyline from A to B, uh, a very clear sort of arc of the story. And this doesn't do that at all. And in a way, that's how you can tell a story on TV. But I mean, really, in the end, it's about the treatment of Native Americans uh, and how the history of America is bloody, really right down in the soil. It doesn't shy away from that. Although I would say it is violent, but it's not grotesque. 
That's true. It's not gory. It's not like a show like Gangs of London. Yeah. Don't watch Gangs of London. Nobody watched Gangs of London. <laughs> It'll give you nightmares. It's beautifully done, but it is. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. But uh, yeah, the English, that's all on iPlayer. And But if you and, haven't seen it, what are you doing? Yeah, it, and it's wonderful. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day who's a mate, and he said he I didn't he couldn't get into the English. I could sort of sympathise with that, even though I think it is fantastic. I can see how some people would find it frustrating. And I'd say the same about this next one, which is Marriage, with Nicola Walker and Sean Bean. And it, in a sense, it is a portrait of an ordinary suburban middle-aged marriage, but in an incredibly understated, low-key kind of way. It's written by... Stefan Goloszewski, the last thing he did was Mum, which was a sort of BBC Two sitcom with Leslie Manville. This is a sort of bigger canvas and it's much more of a drama, although there are funny bits to it. And I understand how some people would just, well, some people did just find it too frustrating because it was very quirky. It did things that you don't usually see in mainstream primetime drama. It, you know, there's one scene where and a very moving scene where Nicola Walker and Sean Bean's character just go into a cemetery and sit by a grave. And there are no words, but it's very, very moving. And like the English, it's very unpredictable. You never know quite what's going to happen next. I thought it was brilliant. So that's marriage. That's all on iPlayer now. Very special drama. I want to talk about, briefly, something that I think passed a lot of people by. It was a drama called Rules of the Game. And Maxine Peake was in it. It was back in the spring. I thought, I found it a really interesting drama about sexual politics and particularly sexual politics in the workplace. It was set in, I think it was a Lancashire sportswear firm where Maxine Peake is like quite high up. But you don't often see dramas that really portray the workplace or try and portray what the contemporary workplace is like and what the issues are there and the role that sexism can play and so on and how you challenge that and to what extent you can challenge that and I thought Rules of the Game was excellent that's also an iPlayer it's really interesting you say that because that had passed me by completely but I don't know if you remember that post Me Too or um, Harvey Weinstein interview with Emma Thompson with Emily Maitlis where she said you know the world was kind of hooked by what was going on and disgusted at the happenings of Hollywood but this was happening in every single industry for women this kind of sexual assault or imbalance of power and I think it's really interesting now that these stories are being told about everyday people's experiences and especially women's throughout different industries it's not just a something that happens behind the glamour and smoke and mirrors of Hollywood it's something that's happening everywhere well absolutely yeah and the the trouble is I don't think Rules of the Game did brilliantly and hopefully that won't kind of discourage BBC drama commissioners from doing other stuff in that vein because it feels like a story that needs to be keep being told doesn't it finally just a mention for the capture series two of the capture which is the holiday granger thing with a crazy techno thriller absolutely bonkers completely nuts but really addictive the second series well both series of that are on iplayer and if you want to be kind of weirded out it's a great show all of those are on iplayer but what else is there on other catch-up services in terms of the really good stuff this year that might pass people by I thought the Ipcris file on ITV, the new version of the Len Dayton novel, which famous film in the 60s with Michael Caine, I thought it was really well done. I can't remember. It was up against something huge on BBC at the same time, and it got slightly lost. That's all on ITVX now, the ITV catch-up 
platform and it's actually it's a whole streaming service as well now uh, it had joe cole who was brilliant who was also in gangs of london this year in the main role as the sort of reluctant spy harry palmer and it also had lucy boynton and the great tom hollander and it was written by the bloke who adapted train spotting he wrote the screenplay for the train spotting film john hodge really well done i thought and lovely lovely period detail in it you could just feast your eyes on all the brilliant 60s production design and costumes and so on so that's the ipcus file Another really good thing that's on ITVX was the crime drama Karen Peary, which was adapted from a Val McDermott novel. And it felt like we were seeing the birth of a great new TV detective played by Lauren Lyle, who's so good as a young cop who isn't, you know, she's not a maverick. She's not a damaged soul. She hasn't got a big gimmick. She's just a very sensible, determined, smart woman who's often underestimated by the people around her. As I say, adapted from a whole series, I think, of Val McDermott novels. There will be more of that, I'm sure, on ITV because that did really well. And it's that crime drama thing where it's big, hefty two-hour episodes so you can really get stuck into that. Over on all four, if I recommend one thing from Channel 4 this year, it would be Somewhere Boy, which is a drama about a teenager who has been shut away from the world all his life. He's been in this remote house where his dad has kept him in there and said, there's monsters outside, you can't go out. And so he just watches old movies and listens to old music. At a certain stage, there's a sort of crisis and he has to emerge from that and become an innocent abroad in the world of Britain today and discover how things work and so on uh, and how he fits into it all. And it feels like an art house movie, but told in half-hour episodes. Beautiful story, very poignant, very intense. Felt like it had a real flavour to it. That's Somewhere Boy. That's an all four. I really recommend it. If you like an art house sort of indie movie, you'll love it. So we've ticked off comedies. We've got the dramas up our sleeve. Talk me through those who are looking for a little bit of culture and arts. Well, yes. I think you sort of, when you're looking for things to stream or to catch up with, you tend to think of the, the big dramas and comedies. But a good arts documentary, I mean, particularly, I'm thinking My Life as a Rolling Stone was a wonderful series this year, just profiling each of the members of the Rolling Stones one by one. That's all on iPlayer. That was a great watch for anybody who has any interest in rock and roll, really, even if you're not a massive Stones fan. Also, I don't think you have to be massively into contemporary art to really enjoy this series. It's got a slightly long, cumbersome title, Sensationalists. The Bad Girls and Boys of British Art. That's when I planned it was the story of the young British artist, Damien Hurst and so on. But also it did a very good job of recreating the atmosphere of that era in the 80s and 90s. And I think anybody of a certain age, particularly if you remember those artists and the sort of sudden impact they had with the Sensation Exhibition at the Royal Academy, even if you're younger and you don't remember that world, I think that would still be a great watch. Um, so that's Sensationalist's the Bad Girls and Boys of British Art, and another BBC art series that really did, it was kind of meant to be a big landmark thing, and it just sort of disappeared without trace, really. It was called Art That Made Us, and it was kind of picking out landmark moments in British culture and art and architecture and so on, but it did it in a very deliberately unobvious way. It didn't pick the obvious thing. They managed to do the whole of the Victorian era and talk about social change and not mention Charles Dickens once. It was it was weird, but interesting. The idea was they'd get modern practitioners and modern artists to go and kind of interact and recreate some of these things. And it was very thought-provoking, very good. That was art that made us. That's all on iPlayer now. 
So that's all stuff that I've really enjoyed this year that's right there, available for anyone to watch now. Kellyanne, is the stuff that you've watched this year that you would recommend to anyone? Yeah, so, I mean, one of the big ones, and I mean, I don't know how people might not have heard of this, but they might not have been compelled to watch it, was Heartstopper on Netflix. And I think it's really worth pointing out that every so often a TV show comes around and it does seem to make the world a better place. And it's this gorgeous LGBTQ plus coming of age story between these two young boys, Nick and Charlie. And it is gorgeous. It's so soft. It's really, really beautiful. It's harmless, lovely telly. So I would highly recommend that. And that's on Netflix. On the other end of the spectrum, we have Anatomy of a Scandal, which saw Sienna Miller and Michelle Dockery star in this drama about a politician who finds himself at the middle of a sexual assault case did you see that i didn't know it's really worth the watch i think i think it's five episodes and i think i did the typical friday night netflix binge of just watch entire thing and it's very plotty very comfortable points um but again i think this is why a lot of these dramas stick with us is they're not that far a cry from the reality of what's exists today in real life so that's definitely up there uh, Call My Agent, or which is on Amazon, or the English version, which was commissioned after the success of the French version, uh, 10%, was really good. And it's basically celebrities send themselves up and it's set in a talent agency where we follow the kind of daily machinations of what these people actually get up to and the kind of ridiculous dramas of life for those that are at the top of their career. It, it paints a lovely picture, doesn't it, of life behind the scenes in showbiz. I think it's... Yeah. it's I'm, I, who knows whether it's an exaggerated kind of picture that it paints or whether actually it's it's a whole lot worse than that. But anyway, it's it's it, both versions are great. I mean, I think the French version is better, isn't it, wouldn't you say? No, I think so too. And also, that French TV drama really came at a time where... Because for years, people watch French film, but French TV is really doing magic at the moment. You've got Lupin on Netflix as well. I think that came out last year. That was really, really good. And Criminal as well, I think, is French. Yeah, well, I need to swat up on my French dramas. You do. Um, And another one that I would recommend is Under the Banner of Heaven, which is on Disney+. And this one I was completely blindsided by. It's got a really, really impressive cast. So it's written and created by Dustin Lance Black, who is the husband of Olympian Tom Daly. And Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Black grew up in this kind of tight-knit Mormon community in Texas. And the story follows a detective called Jeb Pyre, who's played by Andrew Garfield, as he investigates the murder of a Mormon mother called Brenda Lafty. And that's played by Daisy Edgar-Jones, who people will know from Weather yeah. Crawdad Singh or Normal People. And her child is also killed. And it's all apparently at the hands of extremists from the fundamentalist church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And at the centre of this investigation is Brenda's in-law family. And it is this gruesomely gripping drama. And also, I find these things fascinating to just watch a culture and deep dive into it it's great when you get that feeling that you're going into a world into a kind of hidden world that... yeah that you have no idea about it's insane um so that's that was definitely good and i actually i have to admit my guilty tv is sister wives it's on discovery plus um and that follows a polygamist family 
which I would say if uh, if that's your shtick, <laughs> give it a go. Um, and last but not least, speaking of really powerful, moving documentaries, there's The Alpinist, which follows a young free climber. So his name is Marc-Andre Leclerc, and he basically, without ropes, climbs mountains. And I'm talking like you see the scale of what he is up against and he does it all without ropes like free climbing as in like he's not harnessed to anything there's no protection the documentary team basically found out about him because even the community of tight-knit climbers were like who's this guy he's like done all of these incredible things he scaled this by himself he's done this solo and, and that was unheard of so they make a documentary on him and it's really funny because as much as he's kind of welcoming of of the camera crew to film his life he's also completely uninterested and so like goes off piece for six months and they can't get hold of him and they're supposed to have filmed something it's obviously very anxiety inducing seeing anybody do kind of extreme sport um but it's definitely also deeper and darker so maybe one to say for if you're in a reflective mood rather than it's not a it's not a feel-good movie So if you liked Free Solo or Touching the Void or any other shows like that, this is a really, really good must-see. That's good. I've I've been taking notes. That's some good Good. suggestions for things. If you've got subscriptions to those services, they're good things to seek out. So hopefully there, we've given you some good ideas for if you find yourself at a loss over the holidays and you're thinking what can I seek out that I've missed this year that for us is some of the best stuff this year you could do an entire separate podcast not mention any of those and mention another 30 or 40 things I think it's been a great year for television this year I would argue these days television is in better shape than movies you look at the movie releases each week and there's so many fancy releases franchises sequels and so on there's Mm. much less original work going on than I think there is in telly and I think just looking at the list of stuff that we talked about there whether it's the huge amounts of money going into streaming or trying to get by on much smaller budgets on traditional broadcasters there's amazing stuff going on yeah of course Uh, but that's it for this week that's it for this year and actually that's it for me sadly I'm leaving Radio Times after this I won't be in the magazine or on the podcast that's not quite true, probably, because my choices copy will live on all, my, all the TV previews I've written. And so when they repeat old episodes of Peaky Blinders and stuff, Succession and so on, they'll probably rerun my copy and my byline will be back in the magazine occasionally. But uh, I'm going off to do new things. Who knows? I may cast a pod somewhere else at some point. We'll see. But fear not, Smart TV will be back in 2023 with a brand new host. But for now, have a great Christmas, happy viewing, and it's good night from me. And it's good night from him. <laughs>